Hello and welcome to another episode of Mindful Venturing. I'm your host Prashant Pongshe and on this episode we talk about how to make your mindful routines stick and that includes answering a lot of your questions from last week's episode with Phil Hay Sinclair as well as going into my morning routine and as I said really covering off your questions and comments so thank you very much for getting in touch and on with the show. So as I said, I got a lot of really great comments and feedback from that last episode. And one of the questions I got was, what's my morning routine? Do I have one? Can I talk about it? And I was actually going to talk about it in the last episode sort of after uh, the interview. But as I said, it was so great to hear from Phil and there was so much to take away that I thought it'd be great to sort of split it up into a couple of episodes. And that also gives me an opportunity to cover off other things that are related to um, routines, not just morning routines. So let's talk about my morning routine. I think it's a little similar to what Phil does, but mine is not as consistent from day to day. I like getting an early start, but what I tend to do is I have a bit of a checklist that I follow, which goes through things during the different times of the morning before work and lists things that I really want to do every day, like really aim to do every day. And then in a separate column, things that are optional or things that I can do if I have the time or if it makes it makes sense to do it on that on that particular morning. So what's the first thing that I do? I know I'm not alone in that when I wake up in the morning, I have a lot of thoughts racing through my head. It might just be about one particular topic or one issue that's bothering me. And thankfully, it's not usually so stressful. I usually don't wake up really upset or really anxious or so on. That happens very, very rarely. But nevertheless, there's usually something on my mind. And so the very first thing that I do is I go into a quiet corner of the house because I'm usually up before everybody else. And I get those thoughts out of my head. How I do that? varies from day to day. Someday I'll open up a journal on a computer and just type away because I enjoy writing and I actually find it very useful to just write about what I'm feeling. And by write, I don't mean like, you know, a thousand word essay or anything like that. I usually just is bullet points because my main aim at the very start of the morning is not to fix the problem or Um, brainstorm more an idea that I had overnight or that occurred to me first thing in the morning. The main aim of that morning writing session or thinking session is to get the thoughts out of my head and make sure that I've just noted them so that I can go back to them later. And later can be, you know, 10 minutes after I've written them down. Later can be some other time during the day or even later in the week. I also, around this time, take the opportunity to check in with myself. I ask myself how I'm feeling and what I need. Did I sleep well? How do I feel mentally and physically? And how do I feel, therefore, about the rest of my day based on how I'm feeling? So this is the first time that I can start trying to match up where I'm at with where I need to go and then find the in-between of 
what I think are a realistic set of goals for the day. So it tends to be more of a, a visualization exercise. It's not a full-on planning exercise. I do that later. But I think it just gets my brain thinking about, okay, what, what is this day going to look like? And once I've gotten all these sort of morning thoughts out of my mind, that's when I will start to do my first meditation for the day. My go-to meditation in the morning is usually something which is mantra-based, so something from the Deepak Chopra app usually works quite well for me. The mantras are basically a series of words which are relevant to that particular theme or that meditation, which you repeat silently over and over again uh, as part of the meditation. So if you haven't tried out that kind of meditation, I highly recommend it. There's many different ways of doing it. You don't even have to use an app, to be honest. And there are some much more advanced and full-on ways of doing it. But the reason I think it works for me at that time in the morning is because it really focuses my mind on one single theme or topic and allows me to just focus on those words and in parallel my breath. What's also interesting is then I often, after that particular meditation, then want to reflect on um, whatever the theme was. So um, I'll then often jot a few notes down or actually just sit in stillness after the meditation because something about that kind of meditation has really triggered some follow-up thoughts and feelings which I think are important enough to either, as I said, reflect on or write down for later. So that morning meditation has become such an important part of my routine that I actually get quite annoyed and frustrated when, for whatever reason, I can't do that morning meditation. And that happens from time to time. You know, I might get a really bad night of sleep or something might come up in the morning, either work-related or at home, which requires my attention. And I do get frustrated, but usually on those days, what I do is I at least do three or five minutes um, at some later stage. And it's amazing the difference in me when I can't do that longer meditation. It just feels off. It feels as though my day just hasn't gotten off on the right foot, which I think is a good thing because it means that I have become so used to the benefits of being in this nice routine that when the sort of non-ideal state presents itself, um, I'm aware of it. I am you know, quite good at, as I said, okay, I get frustrated, but I don't sort of get bogged down by that frustration. In fact, it just motivates me to say, okay, what can I do to make sure that this doesn't happen tomorrow? So what I'll do is I'll put links in the episode notes to an article actually from the Chopra site about the different types of meditation. That article is actually quite useful because it also outlines why meditation doesn't equal mindfulness. There's you know, a lot more to mindfulness than meditation, except that meditation, as I've said earlier, just happens to be an easier pathway into it. So please uh, have a read of that and try out the Chopra app. As I said, they have undergone a huge facelift of the app and it works a lot better now. And it's only going to keep getting better because I think they want to really catch up with apps like Calm and Headspace. And speaking of which, I think it's only a matter of time before Calm and or Headspace start incorporating this kind of meditation into their app as well. I'm fairly sure 
Headspace hasn't come, might have. It's there's just so much content in the app. I haven't looked at all of it, but I don't think they have. Um, they do a lot of story readings from famous authors and celebrities and so on, which is you know a slightly different take on that kind of meditation. But I don't think either of them do the more um, traditional mantra-based uh, meditation. So either through the Chopper app or some other app, I invite you to give it a try and let me know how you go because, I, as I said, I find it really useful. And especially in the mornings, I find it more useful to do this kind of meditation over just being still or just focusing on one thing alone, like my breath or, or things like that. Next up is usually a bit of yoga. I say a bit because compared to people like Phil and others who you know do yoga for half an hour, Deepak Chopra does, I think he said, an hour in the mornings. I'll link to a nice set of notes actually in the episode notes about his morning routine. And also, I think when I talk about yoga, I think I'll just talk about it briefly because I want to do a separate episode on, on yoga. My yoga lasts typically for less than five minutes. It's usually just the Surya Namaskar or the Salute to the Sun um, routine, which I will put also in the episode notes. It's simple but very effective. And my late grandmother, as I mentioned in the last episode, used to say that if you only just do you know, five or ten of these every morning, that's more than enough to just get you started. At least do that much because obviously she could see that her kids and grandkids weren't doing the sort of half an hour, 45 minutes worth of yoga that she did every morning, but she just at least wanted us to do something if we if we didn't have time, you know, to do a, a full-on uh, set of yoga poses and so on. Certainly, though, I've been inspired by people like Phil who do a lot more, and I think once I get my early wake-ups sorted, um, I will have a bit more time. At the moment, I am, after I think a long year, really struggling to consistently get up early in the morning, and that's something I'll touch on as well in this episode, because a lot of the feedback I got back was around, well, I can't get up early and I certainly can't get up at 4am. It's uh, yeah, it's an important point to, I think, talk about, well, the time doesn't actually matter. Um, it really is about what fits into your routine. But as I said, I'll chat, to, chat about that later. Also really like what Phil said about using an app. Now, he used the Down Dog app, I believe it's called. Uh, and, you know, uh, I'm going to try that out. So if you have tried that app or tried any other app, please let me know. It's really great when apps like that one or meditation apps really get people into something and keep them going because, you know, we hear so much negative publicity about apps being too addictive or, you know, being a distraction and people can't put their phones down. I'm just really glad and the two most recent episodes of this podcast, we've covered apps for good. So whether you do it for less than five minutes or whether you do it 15 or more, one thing is for sure, yoga is very good for us. It is a an ancient tradition and an ancient practice which has really caught on, especially in the last five or 10 years. And obviously I'm biased. It really makes me very happy to see that happening but I'm really pleased that it's happening for the right reasons in the right way. It isn't really being positioned by anyone that I can see as a fad or as something that's a, you know, a quick fix or a silver bullet for everything. It's not that. It is really just a great way 
to um, get our bodies and minds in sync and especially when you do it first thing in the morning. And as I said, I will do a separate episode or two on yoga because I think it's um, just so beneficial and useful. Okay, so, so far I have uh, gotten some morning thoughts out of my head and then done some meditation, then done some reflections on that and then done some yoga. So that might sound like a lot, but much like what Phil said, it's really about getting into the routine and working out what's best for you. Um, So for example, I don't tend to do a lot of exercise in the mornings, but some people like Phil prefer uh, to spend a lot more of their time on the exercise or um, on whatever works to really get you going. Something relatively new that I've added to my routine is just following one of these products. At the moment, I'm using the five-minute journal, which is basically a page to a day, and it just has a series of prompts, which are mostly about being grateful for things and prompts about what would make today great. So um, I'll put a link in the episode notes. But what I find useful about this is now that I have you know uh, got my mind into a calm, mindful state um, at the start of the morning. Now I'm really starting to get the mind into gear about what sort of day it's going to be and what I'm looking forward to in the day, but also what I'm grateful for. Out of interest and curiosity, I've tried a few of these planners because, uh, as you can probably tell, I'm quite interested in how people do their morning routines or routines in general. And uh, so definitely when Instagram... uh, pops up another ad um, about the newest version of one of these, I I will usually purchase it. And, you know, it's not hundreds of dollars. It's usually $20 or $30. And as I said, I actually do get a lot out of it because I'm curious to see what uh, is working or what is trending at the moment because I think by the time you've gotten ads on Instagram, it has gotten some traction. The five-minute journal, actually, I discovered from the Tim Ferriss show uh, the podcast and blog blog and so they're all I guess very similar what I like about it as I said is it starts off with prompts about what are you grateful for so you sort of write down exactly what you're grateful for there's no constraints there it's really forcing you to think very carefully about what you have and what you're thankful and grateful for and there's a lot of research which you know shows that um, when people do this it is really very beneficial to mental well-being, especially. And actually, for you know someone like me, and I'm sure you're the same. It's actually just a really nice thing to do. It comes naturally to me to think about that. I don't overthink it. Sometimes I'm just thankful for you know um, a nice day outside. It it doesn't have to be a profound statement of gratitude. It just has to be honest, truthful, and and meaningful for that particular day or moment. And that is essentially the routine. I know it sounds like a lot, but it didn't start off that way. It's built up with my experience and what I need and what I've learned along the way, both from what I've read and from others, um, as I've said before. But the fact that I do stick to it most mornings, to me, shows that it's doing something for me. I wouldn't be just forcing myself to do this if it didn't have any benefit. And I'd like that to be the real takeaway from these two episodes is 
don't worry so much if you don't have a routine or if your routine isn't as rigorous or regimented or um, lengthy. Or if your routine doesn't start at 4am, 5am, 6am, not about any of those things. The whole point of the exercise is to get your day off on the right foot. And I, along with many others, have found the best way to do that is to establish a morning routine that really works, which does incorporate some, I guess, best practices. It's not a coincidence. I don't think that so many of these morning routines tend to incorporate meditation and yoga, for example. But it really is what works for you. And I'm not just saying that. It's whatever gets you up at the start of the day and allows you to have your best day. Now, for you, that might be just doing a bit of exercise or might be just reading a book, you know, or listening to a podcast. Um, It could be anything. It just is important, though, for you to check in with yourself and have a think about what's working and what's not working and really make sure that whatever it is, whether it's you know, whatever form it takes, but also whatever length it takes, that it is consistent because the consistency builds the confidence, it builds the effectiveness, and then it becomes this real positive feedback loop to the point where, as I said, if I miss key elements of it, like the meditation, or I have to truncate key elements of it, I do get a bit frustrated. So start really by asking yourself, What's missing or what do I need in those mornings? What could I really use? What elements can I use from what I've heard in these last two podcasts or one of the uh, links in the episode notes that I've provided or anything else that you might have read? And just construct yourself a checklist. I mentioned that I stick to a checklist. That might be sort of glorifying it a bit. It's literally just a table with two columns. The first column is things which I really just want to get done every morning as part of the routine. So for me, there are just simple prompts in there for writing down my first morning thoughts, for doing the yoga, for doing the meditation, for reflecting on the meditations. And in the second column are just optional things, which, you know, some days I do exercise. So they're just real reminders for me to either do a bit of exercise or, you know, reminders to hydrate first thing in the morning and just simple prompts like that, that I've just added over time. So that was not even on that sort of checklist, but I realized that depending on the morning, depending on even the seasons, sometimes I just need a bit of, bit of a prompt to remind me to do things or um, are an optional thing to incorporate into the morning routine. But what I do know and I'm absolutely convinced of is that after this routine, I'm really ready to go for the day. Even if I haven't had a great sleep, in fact, on those nights or on those nights when I haven't had a really good sleep, it's these reflections and it's the meditations and whatnot that have made me think about how I'm doing, check in with myself and then adapt the morning routine, but also have a think about adapting the rest of the day to suit. I'm really glad we covered a high performer like Phil's routine last week because you could, I think, really hear in his voice just how convinced and passionate he is about doing this every morning. And again, yours doesn't have to start at 4am and his doesn't start at 4am every day either. The key is to 
put together a routine that works for you, that allows you to have your best day. And really, Phil summed it up best when he said, if you're able to set up a routine, whatever it is that gives you that level of perspective, you stop reacting to every external change in environment, which could otherwise really derail your quality of decision-making. He went on to say, once you start to operate at a level where you're organized in your own mind, the world just changes fundamentally. So yeah, really have a listen to that episode if you haven't, because Phil builds on that thought and talks about how, you know, getting perspective is analogous to using the Maps app on your phone and zooming out. And um, it's a really nice way of uh, thinking about it. So um, I'll put a link to that in the episode notes, but literally it is uh, just the, the episode before this one. Okay, so as I mentioned, lots of great comments and feedback and questions from listeners. And actually, I posted the episode onto a few newer forums and so on. And so a lot of great discussion on those forums. So thank you to everyone. And so I thought I'd cover off some of those. Uh, I think some of them I've already covered in the early part of this episode, um, as well as um, in the forums themselves. But one thing I wanted to get on to very quickly is this idea of, you know, how early is the early morning routine or how early does it have to start? And the short answer is as early as, you know, is practical for you. What I would say is start an hour before the busyness in your life um, really kicks off. So whether that be getting ready for yourself or getting children ready or whatever other, you know, obligations and just things that you have to do and including, by the way, you know, leaving to actually travel to work or um, do, you know, any, anything that absolutely can't be deferred until later in the, in the morning. And the first few weeks, you won't be able to just, you know, set your alarm an hour earlier. Um, I think Phil mentioned this as well, just set it 15 minutes earlier, half an hour earlier, because that half an hour is still more than you had the previous week. That is valuable time, which if you need to make it work, go to bed 15 minutes earlier, half an hour earlier. As you probably know, a lot of the research shows that the more consistent you can make your sleep, sleeping time, as in the time you go to sleep, the better your sleep routines are. And smartphones like the um, Apple iOS based ones will actually help you with reminders of, well, you know, get to bed at this consistent time and so on you will really start to feel the momentum even with 15 minutes or or half an hour, as long as I think you do it consistently. Okay, trying to do it every day is difficult, but even if you do it every other day, yeah, the momentum and you know the, the positive feedback loop will start to build fairly quickly. Things you will, I think, immediately notice is that by doing this kind of deliberate earlier than busyness morning routine, you have now put a bit of space between getting out of bed and actioning things and doing stuff and getting busy and actually reflecting, meditating, giving a bit of time to yourself, being still, doing all of those important things to send those positive signals to your mind and body so that you can have your best day. So the time isn't really relevant. It's great that you know someone like Phil can do it at 4am 
But if you can't do it at 4 a.m., um, don't think you have to give up on the concept. Following on from that, there was quite a lot of questions and comments about, well, definitely can't do anything with a morning routine. I've got young children. Must have been my first instinct was to push back a little on it, but then I remembered to when my son was much younger and I thought, oh, yeah, it would have been difficult, if not impossible, to you know get into a more regular type of routine. But I do remember that I did still try and get something done even back then, but I do appreciate that you might just be going through a phase in your life, whether it's because of children or because of other circumstances in your life, sometimes maybe even health-related where you just can't make it work. Um, don't worry about it. It's um, it's completely understandable. And um, I certainly don't want to be uh, the person telling you, oh, you just, you've just got to do it. You've just got to try it. I think you will know what's right for you. And I think this leads on to other alternatives or other options because it doesn't just have to be a morning routine. As I've discovered in the last week, especially um, based on feedback, Many people have a very effective evening routine. It's the evenings that work for them. Quite often, actually, when people have children, um, when you put the kids to bed and you've you know done all the other sort of uh, chores and things around the house, that's when is some people's quiet times. That also tends to suit people who are um, better off, you know, as night owls and can stay up a bit later or well into the night, and so they're not early risers, and so a morning routine wouldn't really be suitable for them anyway. What is interesting is that there is a routine and all that's really happened is that it's shifted to another part of the day, which says to me there's no reason why you couldn't have a lunchtime routine, you know, depending on what your life and circumstances are. It's really not about what time of day is prescriptively, you know, the right or the wrong way. It's whatever works for you. And I know I'm repeating myself, but it's the consistency that builds um, the confidence and the positive feedback loop so that you can then really get the most out of your day and get that perspective and get the perspective at a time that makes sense for you. Uh, for some people, that's in the morning. For other people, it's in the evening or uh, sometime between. And on a related subject, do persist with it. If you had you know, a routine, but you sort of gave up on it. And these episodes have hopefully inspired you to try again. Great. Thank you. But do persist with it for more than a few weeks, because especially at the moment, um, we're all dealing with difficult circumstances. It's getting to the end of a very long year, depending on when you listen to this episode. But the point is, um, it is important to persist with it. And one way to help you persist with it is to have a bit of an accountability partner. So a friend or someone you know, to really help you build the habit. And especially in those early days and weeks when it can be very hard to keep going. And more than just accountability, it's just actually nice to try and start a new habit with somebody you know, because then as you go along, you learn off each other, you can talk to each other about it. And then it's even more satisfying when you've both gotten into a routine or doesn't need to be just two people. It could be three, four. A group of people would be great. Um, actually, you know, if you can find people at your work, 
who you know want to kickstart it, then that would be a nice way of doing it too. Because then you could sort of see the benefits of it flow into your workday. So, you know, kick off that conversation with people around you. And um, if you think it would help, please uh, send them a link to this podcast because that could be just a great conversation starter in of itself. What I know is on everyone's minds, though, whether it be a mindful habit, a morning routine habit, or any other sort of habit that we're trying to establish, particularly during a challenging phase of our lives, is how to do it and what are sort of the general principles because there's a lot of research, there are a lot of books been written in recent years about habit forming. I've read a couple of them. And given the length of this episode, I think rather than go through that now or even give a bit of an introduction to that now, I will cover that in the next episode or a future episode because there's actually a lot that I've learned in the last five years. Prior to that, I was instinctively trying to form habits and I was instinctively, intuitively there or thereabouts sometimes, but I've actually learned a lot by reading these books. And I think if I can give you a bit of an introduction in this mindfulness context, then I think it will really help. So watch out for that in a future episode. So that's where I think I'll leave it for another episode of Mindful Venturing. Thank you so much for your time and your feedback and your comments and your support during these last couple of episodes. I really think there's a theme going on here. And as I said, I would like to build on it in the next episode. If I could ask a favor, though, could you please rate and review us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to this podcast? It is true what people say. It does feed those algorithms and help other people like us discover uh, this podcast. And that only means that you know, more people are part of this growing community who are getting a lot from incorporating these principles of mindfulness into entrepreneurship and innovation and creative pursuits. So please just take a moment. There's um, a link in the episode notes. Um, But even if you don't have time to leave a review, um, you are also able to just, you know, give a star rating. So thank you for that. And as per usual, links to everything we talked about in the episode notes also on Mindful Venturing. Lots of great articles and content, so check that out. I've also put the Linktree link in uh, the profile. The Linktree is actually just a webpage which then links out to the website and Instagram. Listening on Spotify and Apple, it just makes it all very simple. So that's also in the episode episode notes. If you have any questions, podcast at mindfulventuring.com. And until next time, keep calm and venture on.